A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. I'm David Reed. Uh, this is Marek Larwood. Hello, I'm Marek Larwood. It's another hot day in London town. How do you take to the heat? I take well to the heat up to 24 degrees Celsius. Right. Then if I, above that, as soon as I move, I start to sweat. Yeah. It's. I used to be a lot better at heat than I am now. I lived uh, near the equator for a bit of my life uh, in Peru, and it was often 34 degrees there. Hang on a um, minute. I've never heard this story before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, uh, but I would just wander around in jeans and you know shirts and things. But I think maybe my secret was I was eating four meals a day. Of, Are you sure uh, this wasn't a dream? Of beef and rice. Um, no, that that happened. And what were you doing in Peru? I was um, I was looking after uh, orphan children in a in the slum area of town, teaching them. You know, so like mostly a- actually running around in the midday sun with a child on each leg and one on each arm. You just go <laughs> kidnapper. Yeah, sort of uh, sort of kidnapper. <laughs> throwing, <laughs> throwing them in bags, uh, putting them in the back of trucks, receiving twenty dollars. If so. you're going to kidnap, kidnap in bulk. That's right, always because you know you save on so many things. You're going to buy a van anyway. You're going to buy a bag. You may as well buy a slightly bigger bag. One kid screaming in a van looks like a kidnapping. Yeah, six or seven kids. School, school- trip, exactly. <laughs> So, kidnappers. Kidnappers. <laughs> Take note. Uh, right, we've been, uh, we haven't been to the cinema this week. We've watched a film now. We should explain what's going to happen over yeah. the, the summer period. Yes, over the summer, um, Marek and I will be disappearing up to the Edinburgh Festival as we do every year. Um, so, we will be releasing a series of shorter podcasts over August. So, don't worry, you've not lost it all. We just haven't given you it. Um, but that's that's going to start happening next week. Yeah, I'm filming this in Practical Jokers for BBC Three, which you can watch online. And David's writing a play. Mm. Two things you can enjoy. Um, but also, please keep your one-minute movie reviews coming in. Thank you very much to Francesca Scalici for the first one. So if you've been to see anything, send us a, an MP4 or an audio clip to dearfilmfandango at gmail. Oh my word. Dogfight! Oh my, oh my word! Well, that was an amazing dog dogfight. <laughs> <laughs> wow, buddy one, he's here. Um, that was more exciting than the film we watched this week. Well, yes, we should probably explain what the film is and then why we decided to watch it. Really, um, we watched the film *The Last Airbender*, um, M Night Shyamalan's uh, lamentable. Uh, I didn't film. know it was by him. Oh, did you not? So we've done like two films of his because he did After Earth as well. 
very back to back guest buddy. I, I'd be right. angry if I watched another uh, M Night Shyamalan film. Basically, I was interested in seeing this film because it was so attacked by the critics and viewers that uh, many people say it's the worst film of all time. So I sort of wanted to see what they were talking about, really. Um, because it's it's such a joke of a movie in, we in people's minds. The, the, the plot. Okay, the last Airbender uh, is a fantasy epic thing um, set in a world where there are four races of people. There are the uh, the fire, the earth, the water, and the air nomads. And uh, amongst and these thing, tribes, one thing in common. Heart. No, they're all benders. That's right. No, some some of them are benders. The lucky ones are benders. Yeah. Uh, within each tribe, there are benders, and um, it's about eleven percent of the population. And um, benders have the ability to control the element of their tribe. So the fire benders can control and manipulate fire, and they've used that to forge great machines that they've now taken over the world with. Uh, they're sort of the evil empire. And then the water benders can manipulate water, and they mostly seem to have used that to go fishing. Um, the, Build an ice, ice castle. Yeah, the fire benders, uh, sorry, the earth benders can manipulate the soil, and they've mostly used that to become enslaved. And be rubbish, and yep. be ignored. Ignored. There's and then, nothing funny about chucking mud. No, and then the air, the air nomads have been wiped out until one of the water benders finds an airbender in the ice. What is he doing there? Well, the, yeah. Um, and. Uh, he, it turns out, is the Avatar, who is basically the Messiah, who is the only person on the planet with the ability to, to bend all four things, and therefore he brings peace. Superbender. The Superbender. He's Captain Planet. Yeah. Uh, this is just Captain Planet, basically. Um, so, yes, I mean, pretty stock fantasy fodder, you know, big fantasy world, clearly want a franchise out of it. Um I honestly don't know why people say it's the worst film of all time. It's just another one of these films. Yeah. It's no worse than the Narnia films. Yeah. You know, they're worse, I'd say, actually. Um, it's no worse than the Mummy sequels. Um, I think it's worse than the Narnia films. Really? Yeah, I think it is It is awful. It's just so many things that are wrong with it. Oh, it's spectacularly bad, yes. But so a lot of these films are. Um, it stars quite... this. Now, this is interesting. It has a hugely ethnically diverse cast in terms of, you know, the, there are uh, plenty of Indian actors and... Um, and uh, a lot of the East fi- Asian the actors, fire and- actors are mainly Indian, aren't they? Yes, yes, they are. Um, and and uh, but he wasn't celebrated for that. Instead, he was actually highly criticised for that. And it's what a lot of the critics actually zeroed in on because this is based upon a, a show, a kids' uh, show for Nickelodeon, who also mm. made this film called Avatar: Colon, The Last Airbender. Have you seen any of that? No, because that's also on Netflix. And after I watched the. Um- I watched The Last Airbender yeah. on uh, It Comes Up Suggestions for the films. Okay. So let's watch five minutes of the start of the... Because that is hugely popular. Is it any good? It's incredible. This film, for me, a lot of M. Night Shyamalan films, you watch them all back to back or watch them recently, they've got this sort of faux sincerity, mm. preachy sincerity, 
which is a running theme of all his films, and it's just it just makes you makes me think rather. M Night Shyamalan, you preachy, you yeah. self-obsessed uh, <laughs> dickhead. When you watch the cartoon; it's humorous. It's right. fun. It's got that Japanese sense of it's anime style, yeah, isn't it? But it's also the characters are quite stupid, and there are no jokes in the last no. Airbender. It takes itself so seriously. So serious. So you watch the kids thing, and it's just a, it's just all oh, right. There's joy in this. Yeah, it's quite a fun, lively, happy thing. This almost feels like it's some sort of really boring section of the Bible. When I watched this, I thought, all right, he was this made by an alien? Was this made by someone who's watched the Earth from afar and doesn't understand the concept yeah. of social behaviour or how... I tried to think what an M. Night Shyamalan conversation is. He doesn't seem to be able to write any no. dialogue that's remotely realistic. But these these sort of borderline psychopaths seem to do quite well in Hollywood. I mean, George Lucas is one of those as well, who just doesn't get human emotions. And yeah. He's even in interviews when he's been asked about his wedding or whatever, he's described it, he's sort of struggled to describe it. And then, then he's paused and gone, have you seen that movie when... And then just describes a scene in a movie and he goes, it was like that. So we are saying, definitively... M. Night Shyamalan is a psychopath. I think he probably is. I think a lot of people... The thing about psychopaths is they're not all violent psychopaths, you know? There's a hell of a lot of psychopaths. Isn't that a sociopath? Uh, it, no, no. So it could, uh, there's, there's a subtle difference, but psychopathy isn't violent. It, it's just having no emotions towards your fellow man and deeply self, self-absorbed and... Uh, it's a very specific kind of sociopathy, I think. A lot of comedians are psychopaths, right? Yeah, quite possibly, yeah. Um, capitalism rewards them as well, uh, which is quite interesting. Anyway, um, back to the um, the ethnicity thing of the, the cartoon, Avatar The Last Be- Airbender, was um, celebrated for the fact that they're, they're all non-Caucasian, basically, but it doesn't matter. Nobody ever brings it up. They just mm-hmm. Each of the tribes is from a different ethnicity. And then in the film, what he's done is he's embraced that almost totally, but there's a tribe of um, uh, Inuit kind of uh, looking people who all uh, hang out in the ice and, and ice fish. And yeah. they are all Inuit actors, but then the two main characters who come from that tribe are white Caucasian California yeah, people yeah. who seem to live with these people for no reason at yeah. all. And it's that, that that everyone turned on him for because he's added that. He's taken away the two main parts and given them to white people. I don't think that's... I think um, there's so many... I wrote a list down of ten things that are wrong with this film. OK. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, before... Uh, I, I, can just li- I can list them now if you want. OK, here we go. Here's my top ten things wrong with the last airbender. One, the title. <laughs> yeah. Two, every line in the whole film is exposition. Yes. Three, actors overtly sincere and also rubbish. Four, for me, says you could think it couldn't get any more annoying, and then you realise it was made by M. Night Shyamalan, whatever his name is. Yeah. Number five, people stop act- acting in action sequences when they're not doing anything. <laughs> you notice that? <laughs> well, <laughs> There's fight scenes, and they're, so they're not even people just stop acting scared and just stand there and go, "All oh, right." I think they're they're aware. There's some special effects going on. I think it would be quite. Um off-putting if a small child was dancing in front of you because there's a lot of that when when the avatar who's a small boy i think he was actually rather good but the problem is it's when they're summoning when they're bending stuff it's like watching someone you ever seen someone do modern dance yes (laughs) 
basically benders love to dance it's, dark. it's just people doing crap modern dancing and special effects going on around yeah it. and then when they do jazz hands fire comes out yeah um, I can catch up going on this list number six Dev Patel is the worst choice for a villain Yes, because he was utterly likeable as the everyman in Slumdog Millionaire. And then he's... It's a really odd choice. He's not remotely villainous. No. But his character is supposed to be sort of... He's got a good heart, I guess. I just feel sorry for him. Yeah. Seven. It doesn't even end properly. No, they, they're holding out for a trilogy. Yeah, they, yeah, they set up for... They actually set up a sequel... An arrogance of it. <laughs> yes. No, it's not even a, and the film ends, and then we have an extra scene that goes, sequel anyone? They actually, the first thing that happens is it says, book one, yeah. water. So they really wanted a trilogy. See, Back it. to the Future sets up a sequel, and that was good. But this is probably even more overt than that. Yes. More than them saying, oh, continued. <laughs> yes. Nobody dies or anything. Eight. I feel sorry for the costume and set designers because they were really good. You thought they were good? Yeah, I thought some of the costumes were alright in the set. The, um, the boats were good. The airbenders were just dressed as um, Buddhist monks. Yeah. They I'd just had those costumes. They just mugged some monks and took their outfits. I, I like the, the, the arrow thing, but the uh, yeah, they were just Buddhist monks. They're even the same colours. Um, yeah. I mean, it's it's all steeped in um, in Eastern mysticism a lot. I, I thought, actually, that was where it had its potential, because it, that was exactly like the original Star Wars films, where uh, there was a lot of sort of... It had the same feel of the Jedi and all of the kind of sweeping epic narrative of it as well, but it just didn't have the charm of those films. The story just skips, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, the whole build-up to start... And then in the, you get the whole Luke story... You really feel he's lived there for years. Yeah. You get the whole drama there. It builds into it slowly. This just jumps up. It's like someone saying, oh, by the way, do you realise um, uh, that all the, way, all the time there's a secret scroll that just changes this plot completely? Yeah. What, what I, I thought was that there's no jeopardy. There was no understanding that your characters need to be genuinely in danger for any of this action to mean anything. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just dancing. And they have the Avatar escape the the villains and humiliate them in the first time you see him yeah. and he escapes them easily and the, the constant thing as well I noticed that um, they they seem to be constantly surprised he can manipulate the air mm. even though they've kidnapped him because he can manipulate the air they just go he has no way of escaping here oh he's, he's got to use the air again but if, if you if you capture for example Hannibal Lecter yeah you don't go, do you know what? I'm just going to um, sellotape his wrists to uh, this wall. <laughs> just go, uh, oh, he'll be fine. We've kidnapped him now. Yeah, I'll, I'll leave him. Uh, I'll I'm going to just fall asleep uh, against his teeth for a bit. Yeah, yeah. I'll leave him in the... I'll just lock the kitchen door and leave him in there with all those knives. <laughs> I'll leave the window ajar, but he won't... He, he, uh, if I know Hannah, we won't escape out of there. I, I think, rather than this film uh, being uh, buried... Uh, forever and no one should see it I don't think it's it's bad enough to be funny bad either particularly I think students of film should study this film of where for where Hollywood cinema has gone and well, where all of it is heading well that's what I read some an article on it which is quite interesting because I, I, I do think watching 
amount of new releases I've watched this year, which I never, I normally go and what I watch a lot of videos and things have been recommended to me, yeah. and not go and see things I wouldn't normally watch at the cinema, which I we have done sort of up to this point this yes. year. And last year, I think it was a top the top twenty five grossing blockbusters are all. Uh, Universal or PG or under tw- under twelve, so everyone can go and see them. So every single film that gets made that makes big money are basically family films. Yeah. So it's screwing the audience over. You know that's all they're after the big Hollywood films. Mm. All the violence is gone. It's got to be. But it doesn't tw- always work. I mean, um, uh, Lone Ranger, for instance, yeah. which is a huge release. It costs an inordinate amount of money. It's a Brookheimer Disney production, just like Pirates of the Caribbean was, and it's got Johnny Depp in the comedy sidekick role, just like Pirates of the Caribbean did, and it's been a colossal bomb. Mm. Like They have lost millions, tens of millions. But is it true they calculate it? Like there's five big people that actually work out how much money each person is worth to the film. I've heard this. Oh, there's really? Like, there's like five big names, like Tom Cruise, yeah. so and so, and they've equated how much that, that, how much that name equates to in dollars for the film. And let's go right. We need to get him, him, and but him. This is the thing. This is how you get anomalies like Orlando Bloom appearing mm. because they they they're following the numbers. They're not following actually what happened, which was there's this part for a beautiful English actor. He doesn't have that many lines, but he needs to be physically fit and very pretty. Um, so Orlando Bloom, while he's still at drama school, auditions for this part, first job in the professional world, gets it. OK, he's now signed up for three films that will turn out to be, and everyone's very excited because of the uh, the subject matter, it's Lord of the Rings. It's already going to have a huge mm. hype about it because the books are so popular. So he's already in three films that could be the highest-selling films of all time and turn out to be. So while he's signed up for doing that for four years or however long to make or however long it took to make all three films, he gets cast in Pirates of the Caribbean mm. um, because he's already in something massive. So they go, well, he's going to be a massive star. Now, if you look, once Pirates of the Caribbean and Lord of the Rings is out of the way, you look at his spreadsheet and you go, this guy makes millions. Mm. If you put him in your film, you'll make millions. About and it's just not true. And it's it's the same for all of these things. They they look at the sequels. The sequels is what they covered because the sequels make money. They don't seem to realise that people pay before they see a film. So it's the first film that people liked, and then they all flock to see the sequel. It's not yeah. it's not the spectacle and the epic size of the sequel that they that we enjoy. It's the character, fun story, and well structured thing of the first one that we enjoy. I can't tell if I think I'm just getting cynical, but I'm sure films are getting worse. Listeners, do you think that films are getting worse? If you do, you can contact us. <laughs> okay. I always like to put a segue into that. Absolutely, I'm doing it midway through the talking about the last That's M&M. quite all right. Um, yeah, if you want to contact us, email us dearfilmfandango at gmail dot com, or go on our Facebook page forward slash filmfandango, or tweet us at filmfandango. Plus, we should probably mention at this point, we have a relatively new website, filmfandango.co.uk, where you can get all this information from, and also you uh, might like to donate towards the running costs of this podcast to keep it free. You can do that there. And thank you very much to the people who have donated. We really appreciate it. It's very, very generous of you. Yes, thank you very, very much. It's it's, uh, more than your duty. You're all heroes. I've got two more points in my top ten points of why it's rubbish. Go on, then. Is the last Airbender number nine? There is not one likable character in it. 
Yes, you're right, yeah. Number ten doesn't actually make any sense. Oh, I don't know about that. But I followed it. They well, introduced... It's pointless. <laughs> and I've said this main point already. It's like playing a game with an older brother... And halfway through the game, your brother suddenly changes the rules completely. Yeah. And then you realise there's no point playing the game because all the fun's gone because suddenly has changed the rules. You didn't really get a sense of how oppressed everybody was by the fire tribe or what was going on there. Um, it was all very... Yeah. It was all like they'd watched a lot of this kind of film and then gotten drunk and tried to write down the lines they could remember from them. I would like to see that as a film. <laughs> You'd have to get drunk before you watch the films, I think. Then sober up and try and remember the lines. The, people would do that. There was a thing about drunk history. Incredible. Drunk history are absolutely amazing. It's when, if you go on... Um, is it... What's it on? I, it's on... Google it. I can't Look remember. at drunk history. It's people like Will Ferrell. I and, think it's on Funny or Die. Yes, they get people drunk, get them to retell their story... <laughs> from history and they get comedy actors to actually say the lines and to mine the lines look up drunk drunken histories or drunk histories yeah. it's very funny it's wonderful um, yeah I mean there's something really wrong with storytelling in these films can I give you a couple of lines I wrote down which I thought were terrible go on then this is a line an actual line from a film fire nations plan to suppress all the other benders and even worse it's another line, I thought the worst line of the film. Earthbenders, why are you acting this way? You are powerful and amazing people. <laughs> if you take that line out by itself, it's almost as if someone's walked into a gay disco and two guys are acting inappropriately in the corner. Earthbenders, why are you acting this way? Um, it... The, I mean, the the bender thing is unfortunate, isn't it? But you, but you can... know that... But everyone knows that... But someone should have gone. Do you know what, Mr. Charlemagne? Bender is a sort of like a funny but quite derogatory term for gay people. Yeah, I in, mean, Americans aren't entirely unaware of it because Bender in Futurama is called that because it's a joke, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, they are subtly aware of its other meaning. You would never get rid of that. You never use that title. It's ridiculous. It is from the kids' show, though. So I guess if this is for kids, they don't want to change their name if. Is it an allegory, though? I thought, for a second, I, I thought it was ridiculous. And at one point I thought, well, maybe it is an allegory for homosexuality. That how these people are really extraordinarily skilled and talented and they find difficult... <laughs> uh, and maybe it is. And really, if you look at it that way, it's a completely Then who film. is the Avatar? The Avatar is Freddie Mercury. The gay messiah. Yep. <laughs> who disappeared into the ice many yes, years ago. Exactly. We we thought that Freddie Mercury died. In fact, that's what's happened. He's gone away, and he's going to come back with a whole new Queen album. Oh, that would be great, wouldn't it? Yeah. I don't want one without him. I'll put that out there. Yeah. Brian May, if you're listening, I'm not interested. Just stick to doing car adverts. What? He does car. He that Ford song, didn't he? Did he? Everything we do is driven by you. Oh, did, was that him? It was Brian May. That sure sounds it was. like a Brian Adams song. Uh, yeah, he should get together with Brian Adams. Not in a, a not in a way. last airbender way, um, or if he wants to, I I wouldn't have a problem with that. Um, yes, I'm sorry it wasn't. It's not more fun the last airbender. I was hoping you know it would be so laughable that it'd be worth talking about. The funny one, the tr- Troll Two, is the funny laughable film you must watch. I've not seen it. Is that the one with Harry Potter? 
no. What do you mean? There's the troll. One of the troll films is where has it got the boy from Neverending Story in it? No, I don't think so. And okay. there's a documentary that goes along with and make. So watch Troll Two, and you have one of the stars that made a brilliant documentary about it. Right. It's hilariously bad. So if you want to watch a bad film that's funny, there's that one. And there's also the famous one, the um, American guy, the Fool. What's it called? The one I'm called the Fool. The oh, the name escapes me. You'll know what it is. It's a famous one. I'll think of it. Unfortunately, at this moment when I'm recording, I can't think of it. Um, it's Troll 1, I think. It's got... Uh, we've talked about it before, but it's got the guy who plays Atreyu from NeverEnding Story, and he plays a boy who wants to be a wizard called Harry Potter. Uh, Troll 2 is amazing, because Troll 2 was filmed by a Spanish crew. The director's Spanish or, or um, Italian, I can't remember. And they couldn't, essentially speaking... They didn't even know... <laughs> None of the crew knew what they were filming. The bloke couldn't speak English properly. Watch the documentary on it. It is the f- funniest. If you know, also if you know any funny films, horror films, please tell us where you can watch them. Yeah, we can share them with you. Um, what would you give the last Airbender? Oh God, uh, three, three Davids. Yeah, I think I'd give it three Marricks as well. Yeah, it's not the worst film in the world. It's just not worth watching. It's not hateful. No, no. I did quite like the main guy, the Avatar guy. Ballbender. Ballbender, yeah. He was quite good. Um, Shall we read our letters this week then? Yes, some of you have written in. Thank you very much for doing so. Uh, what have we got? Um, only a letter from our regular contributor, Christopher Webb. Christopher Webb. Do you want to... Oh, you've got Christopher Webb. I've got there. Christopher Webb. Um... Dear David and Marek, I've been listening to the podcast for so long now that you're starting to influence my enjoyment of films. Tonight I watched the horror movie Mama. When my wife asked if I liked it, my reply was, no. (laughs) I was all quite, it was all quite loud and there was way too much crick crack. Naturally, she looked at me like some kind of imbecile, so thanks for that. Very happy the podcast is still going strong. It's payday on Wednesday, so I'll donate. If you can find it, try watching The Big Bus, a 70s disaster spoof that predates airplane by a few years. Lots of love, Chris. Uh, well, thank you for uh, donating, Chris. And uh, The Big Bus. I have to admit, I've never heard of that. Never heard of it. Not going to watch it. No. <laughs> no. I might do. Um, I've got a letter here from Ian Smith, um, who... Uh, oh, uh, so I'll just read out a bit of the letter. Yesterday I went... I'm going to do this for you. <laughs> Yesterday... This is talking about him and a friend. Yesterday we went to go and see Pacific Rim in 3D. I thought it would be terrible. A cross between Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and Transformers. Actually, it wasn't half bad. In the hands of anyone but Guillermo de Tor- del Toro, it would have been a terrible movie where CGI was used in the place of old-fashioned things such as plot as die and dialogue. Bracket. I'm looking at you, Michael Bay in Transformers. Close bracket. There are a number of great comic touches. Um, I won't do a spoiler there. Blah blah blah. <clears throat> it's worth a watch, especially at the cinema. I thought the 3D was good. It wasn't too deep that it gave you a headache and the camera didn't fast cut during action sequences. 
the constant reference to battle machines and Jaegers did force us to consume a number of Jaeger bombs afterwards, so my lack of sleep and thick head are being blamed squarely on this movie. Overall, I'll give it a 7. Good. Worth watching on a big screen and will probably be purchased when it's on sale for £5 at the local supermarket. Regards, Ian. Thank you, Ian. Thank you, Ian. Well, a glowing review for Pacific Ring. But uh, if just someone has to say Jaegers a couple of times for you to buy some Jaeger bombs, you're that's an alcohol, highly susceptible. That's an alcohol problem. Yeah, yeah, you're looking for an excuse <laughs> yeah. there for Jaeger bombs. Shall we, before we wrap up, should we talk about what films we're going to... So we're going to basically record some short podcasts for the next few weeks. And then trickle them out for you one by one. And if you want to watch um, the films we're going to watch, because we're going to pre-record some of these, any emails about these films will be very gratefully received. Yes, but you'd have to get them to us by the end of July. So the films we're going to look at, which you and two of these are on YouTube for free, so you can watch them on YouTube. Uh, so we're going to look at the... 1975 version the James Kahn version of Rollerball not the rubbish remake so if you put Rollerball and put full length film without the G someone spelt wrong (laughs) into YouTube you can watch that for free and you can also watch The Day After which is a 1983 disaster um, movie about nuclear post-nuclear war sort of uh, influenced by threads I think which we've talked about a lot so that'll be interesting it's got Steve Gutenberg in it which would be fascinating he I would love him to be in the apocalypse (laughs) and also we're going to watch Tim and Eric's billion dollar movie uh, to American Canadian what are those guys Uh, comedians who made a film Uh, they're very funny they also do stuff with John C. Riley a bit who's excellent Um, so yes Track those down if you'd like to join us watching these. Mean in the meantime, why not get in touch? Dear Film Fandango at gmail.com or you can Facebook us forward slash Film Fandango or tweet us at Film Fandango. Happy airbending! Happy airbending! <laughs> oh, no! Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.